Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Adam Caster. Here is always my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how you doing? Happy Friday. I'm good, Adam. Happy Friday. Um, we're, we're in severe conflict. We're in severe conflict. It is, it is day eight of the Ed Birdsall football kid extravaganza. And the two teams that are in the Euro final is, of course, the Battle of Birdsall. It is Italia and it is England. And when I was deciding on what I was going to wear today, I couldn't make a choice. Couldn't make a choice. Two countries I love with my whole heart. I could not make a decision. So I'm not wearing one today. However, as for where my allegiances lie for the final on Sunday, very simple qualifications, Adam. If Bukayo Saka starts for England, I'm rooting for England. If Bukayo Saka does not start for England, I'm rooting for Italy. Well, that is about as simple as it gets. Very simple. I root for my king. Have you seen have you seen all the memes of Bukayo Saka with the inflatable unicorn? I have not. It, it is simply it's simply magic. And I I I do sincerely apologize because this is absolutely awful radio. However, um, I am going to show Adam the image. So while I am finding set image, you can definitely go and have a look on your cellular devices. So let's see. Bukayo Saka Unicorn. Just type that in on Google. I'm sure I'm sure that will uh, that will come up. Okay, there it is. Oh dear. I mean, look at him. Oh, wait, 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 wait where'd it go? There we go. All right, we're having we're having technological issues. What else is new on this podcast? Where, where's my picture? Damn it! Wow, it's still, it was still loading. Wow, Foot, football London just completely screwed me here. Just go go to images. Here we go. All right, let's just go to images. I mean, look at this man. Look, look at that man's having a time of his life. Bukayo is a king. It looks like he, it almost looks like he was like photoshopped onto the unicorn. Bukayo is an absolute king and i don't i don't know if you have seen any of the um the the quotes that have come out of uh the england camp at all but all that i've seen is everybody everybody talking about how much they love bukayo saka everybody i just want phil foden to to dye his hair back to be i just want phil foden to have brown hair again well adam well adam (laughs) If England win the Euro on Sunday, everybody is dying their hair blonde like Phil Foden. Oh my god, it just looks so un. It just looks so weird. Bukayo with blonde hair would be, I, I, I would be distraught. I would be distraught. I mean, he'd be interesting. Look, fly as hell. I was trying to think, who on the England team outside outside of Phil Foden would imagine be- Harry Kane with like blonde hair. Jack Grealish with the hair that he has, him dyeing that blonde. Platinum blonde. Oh, he would look stunning. He would look like Britney Spears. He would look stunning. Jack, I, I love Jack Grealish. I, I absolutely love him. He's a great man. He would look like a blonde Kate Winslet at the end of Titanic. <laughs> I had a great film. Great, great film. film. That's a conversation we could have for another day. <laughs> I'll never let go, Jack. Bitch, you let go. There's room. There's there was room. room. The- yes. Yes. Thank you, Adam. 
Yes, there was room. You just didn't want to move over. Yeah, well, you know, classism was a serious problem. Classism was a serious problem in the early 1900s. (laughs) She didn't want to move over. No, she never. She never loved Jack. She never loved Jack. She was okay. She was okay with watching that man float to the bottom of the sea. Yeah. Well, as yeah. evidenced, as evidenced, she was not moving over. She was not moving over for shit. No. Yeah. That. I don't know. That movie was interesting. Interesting it was a quality film. <laughs> she. Yeah. I guess. I think it's it's overrated. What? <laughs> what? Whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. What did you just say? Well, okay, it's overrated. It, it's it's a very good movie, but I, think, I, I, I don't care about that. I don't care about that. You're fluff. You're fluffing your answer. I don't appreciate this. Continue. Get to the point. I just thought. I mean, you know, the plot is very corny, and. Based no. on actual events, okay. Based on actual events. It is based on actual events. Gladiator, Gladiator was also based on actual events. Some people would say it was corny, but Gladiator is, is, is fantastic. Well, yeah, exactly. You just helped my argument. It's corny, but it's based on ca- it's based on actual events. I don't think Titanic is corny. I think Titanic is a great film. Well, that's uh, I mean, that's your opinion. That's, what it, that's the great thing about opinions. And Adam, you you, you edit your opinion, even though your opinion is absolutely wrong. You are entitled to said opinion. I never said it was a bad movie. I'm just young, saying, young Leonardo is great, but overrated, overrated. That that's no, no. Well, people say it's like the greatest the, the greatest movie ever made. Who says this? I I've met people. Well, those my, people are wrong in my various travels. Those people are wrong. Titanic is not one of the greatest films of all time. It's very good. It's very good. It's great. It's a great film, but it's not one of the best films of all time. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. I will give you, I will give you this, that anything that James Cameron has his hands on always turns out to be just overrated and overhyped. I will give you that. But the actual film itself, it's brilliant. It is absolutely brilliant. Yes, it has a couple anything of, with Leonardo DiCaprio in it is just fantastic. It has a couple of iconic moments, of course. I mean, Inception. Inception was phenomenal. I mean, The Departed is one of my favorite movies. Oh, uh, fantastic! Film. Certainly top ten. Inception. Uh, Inception is. Uh, have Have you seen Inception? I have seen Inception. Okay. Your thought. Your Your thoughts, please. Because I, I before I give you my whole overall spiel. I just want to hear what you have to say about Inception, Adam. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Inception. I think it's a great, it's a great film. I mean, it can get a little up its ass, up its own ass, but that's kind of the point of the movie a little bit. But um, I, yeah, I think it's, pr- it's pretty good. I think people give it too much shit for being like a, like a typical Christopher Nolan kind of type movie. Nothing wrong with that. But I, I think it's good. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. And there's no, there's nothing wrong with it being a quote, Christopher Nolan type film. Christopher Nolan films are great. The dark Knight is fantastic. Christopher Nolan, man, the man is a genius. Same dude, same dude who was in on Westworld. Same thing. Yep. And Westworld is fantastic. 
So everyone hop off of Inception and you hop off of Titanic. Okay, fine, whatever. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. I'm so sorry. We're being thrown off the air. God, fine, whatever. Did you, Jeez. Did you, hear, did you hear what I just said? Yeah, I heard what you said. Hop off oh. Titanic. Oh. oh, we're being thrown off the air. It's okay. I'm sure it went a lot over like a lot of people's heads. No, not the second time. Not, not now, second. It's, now, now it's just like out in the open. Now that you explained it. Oh, God. You could have left well enough alone, but you didn't. I'm sorry, Jack. I'm sorry, Rose. I'm not really sorry. I'm not really sorry to Rose. Fuck Rose. It's been over a hundred years. I think people are going to be over it. Mm. People hold grudges at him. Especially in our world. People hold grudges. Even Even the survivors aren't probably aren't alive at this point no to hold no, grudges but you know they're still they're still family there's still family yes. that exists there's still family that exists um before we move on into uh, the main crux of the show a couple things number one uh big brother has returned to our screens so everyone go and watch big brother it is a fantastic fantastic program and what makes oh the- i thought you were saying i thought you're going in, in a completely different direction to that oh that. no 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 and number two, for all of those who for all of those who are interested as well, right after Big Brother is Love Island. And Love Island is absolutely oh, terrific. Disgusting. What is wrong with you? I don't like I don't like reality television. Adam. You need to try it. I don't. I yes, really you do. Don't. Yes, you do. Because I was not super into reality TV either. And I gave it a shot. It's brilliant. It's it's terrible television, but it's great television. It's entertaining. That's what it is. Carlo Gianarelli would be ashamed to hear this from one of his former students. Reality television is simply outstanding. It's not good television. It's not going to be something that's like, oh, wow, the quality and how it's shot and the images portrayed by our characters is just simply riveting. No, 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 no. It's not going to be that. It's going to be super trashy, super low quality, but super fantastic and something that you could just waste your life watching. I mean, what's better? What? Let me ask everybody this. Just food for thought. You know how week one of the NFL season, when you sit down for that first Sunday night football of the year after watching football all day long seven hours you're sitting there and you're just like oh i really just don't i don't have the stamina i don't have the strength to really you know to to, to do this think of it this way you now right now right now july 9th you now have the opportunity to warm up for that to build the stamina to build the strength to get you to the point where week one, when it comes September 12th, which by the way, is almost two months away, you will have the strength, the stamina, the energy, the desire where when everybody else is crashing week one at 825, when we have kick on Sunday night football, after Chris Collinsworth does his slide and says hello to the world, 
you will be able to say, I am ready for Sunday Night Football. Why? Because Big Brother is on Wednesdays. It's on Thursdays. It's on Sundays, all at 8 p.m. So if you train your body well enough where you have something to watch Sundays at 8 o'clock more than anything else, you'll be ready to go for Sunday Night Football. It's perfect. It's just like Bachelor. Bachelor, Bachelorette is on Mondays. What also is on Mondays? Monday Night Football. You train your body where you're ready to go Mondays after you're watching Monday Night Football for the better part of four months. You then can go and start tuning into The Bachelor to keep your body trained to be on the sofa Mondays at 820. You see where I'm thinking, Adam? You see you see where the head's at? Yes, but the second I see Nick Foles warming up to go and face the Los Angeles Rams, I'm going to be instantly out of it again. See, Adam, I disagree. This, this is where you're doing it wrong because if you, ha- if you have enough booze in your system, you're still going to watch no matter what. Well, honestly, I might, I might be getting paid to watch because I, I, I might end up uh, working that day and watching the Sunday football game. Well, if you can get, pay- get paid to watch it, even better. But most, pe- most people do not have that luxury. See, no. see, this is where we're at. This is where we're at. Adam has just shown his true colors once again, ladies and gentlemen. Adam has shown that he is a member of the 1%. He has shown that he is an elitist who gets paid to watch football. I am like all of you that when I'm watching my football, I'm doing it on my time and my time only. So once again, I am just showing everybody that I'm a man of the people. Really? You're going to do this? The ultimate heel turn. The ultimate heel turn right now. Unbelievable. Adam is an elitist. I am the man of the people. That's ridiculous. You just showed you two colors, Adam. Just because I get paid. Let it be shown for the record that Adam gets paid to watch football. So we're we're adding that Adam is a graduate of Hofstra University who has multiple degrees, is a radio professional, and is an award-winning journalist who gets daily emails from the Associated Press and now gets paid to watch football and is a member of the 1%. Well, I, I would still watch football even if I wasn't paid. I see, but, to do but so. you, you made it a point. You made it a point to put out there that now you are going to be paid to watch football. I well, see, I'm saying, Adam, well, Adam, we, we all see. We all hold see. on. It's okay. Hold on. I'm just saying that I would get paid. I might end up getting paid to watch football that night. So I wouldn't have the option to turn off the TV when I see Nick Foles warming up to face the Los Angeles Rams. On and Sunday that is, that is true. That is truly fantastic. But for, for the common folk, for the non-elitists of the oh world, God. we are going to sit down and we are going to watch football because we enjoy it. Whether it is Nick Foles, whether it is Case Keenum, whether it's Patrick Mahomes who's playing. The non-elitists enjoy football because it's football. You elitists just want to watch something because it's, it's posh. Are you going to be drinking it with this with a side of brandy in your, uh, in your leather bathrobe as well? I, I don't even own any of those things. You don't own brandy? <laughs> no. Uh, you're gonna be going to the liquor store right after the show, aren't you? I don't even own a bathrobe. <laughs> I think I own like three. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Who's the elitist now? I'm not the elitist. I'm associated. Who with the wears? People. Only elitists wear bathrobes. Bird. Absolutely not. Bathrobes are comfy. Are you gonna say Just slippers are for elitists too? Well, they could be. What? I'm just kidding. Is your bath? Do you have a monogram bathrobe? No. Oh God, okay. no. God, no. Well, that would be elitist. What do you think I am? Posh or something? Shit. 
No. Adam, I just spent the last five minutes explaining to my people how I am a man of the people. Your people. My people. Yeah. This is a your fans thing again. No, 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 no. I did not say my listeners. I did not say my fans. No, 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 no. You don't have to spin this on me. No, no, no. I see what you're doing. You're doing this elitist thing. I see what you're doing. Believe me, I get you people. Doing the exact same thing. I'm a man of the people. I understand everybody. Unfortunately here, I understand the bad side of your people. You elitists. I completely get it. Well, you understand that I'm doing the exact same thing that you just did to me for the past 10 minutes. Which is what? Please share. Try and paint me in a in a bad light because just I'm not painting I, you in a bad light. I, I respect people for who they are. Just because I was uh, saying something, making an offhand comment about my job. <laughs> yes, yes, and you and I'm just trying to educate the people and tell them that I'm here for them. Okay. I am their representative. Okay. I represent the 99%. Adam represents the 1% because he is the 1%. Adam Caster, rated professional. Multiple degrees, award-winning journalist from Austria University, WRHU. You know, every time you do that, you keep reminding me to really to unsubscribe from those emails. Because it's probably because my... You know, it's funny. I, I unsubscribed from them yesterday. <laughs> oh, Really? I swear to God, I swear. No, not not the Associated Press, the ones from Hofstra. Well, yeah. Well, that's no, yeah, the Associated Press, because I because those are all being sent to my to my uh, Hofstra email, and my mailbox is probably completely full at this point. Oh, no doubt. I mean, it's all emails from the AP. I'm like, I don't need this anymore. His entire inbox is littered with emails from the Associated Press. He's hoping his representatives would be able to clear it for him, but his representatives have not been able to get around to it. This is just unbelievable you mean me? mentality. No, you know, if I'll, I'll be really elitist. I'll say, well, I'll just use the wire, the wire service that we have at the at the fan. <laughs> well done, well done. That was that was a good comeback. I like it. Anyway, so we have some news to talk about, don't we? Lots of news. Lots of news. Um, let's start off with the Denver Broncos. Adam's portfolio up seventeen hundred percent. That's a that's a question for my mother, the financial advisor, and not and not me. That's true. That's true. I'll talk to Mrs. Castor. Uh, with the Denver Broncos, Cortland Sutton is expected to be a hundred percent by the start of the new season, coming coming back from that ACL injury, and Jerry Judy looked sharp during offseason workouts. I feel like, I mean, this is great news for both receivers. I think that Jerry Judy's being ranked too low. You know. Go ahead. Go ahead. uh, He's being ranked as the 38th ranked receiver on Fantasy Pros. Yeah, it's low for me. I I have him at wide receiver 33 in full point. And in non-PPR, I have him ranked as the wide receiver 35. I, I, I like him. I like him. I think Judy has top 20 upside. Same with Cortland Sutton. I, I just like the ceiling of Judy a bit more, where I think the floor with Sutton is a bit safer. But, yeah, I think these two are, are going to be in for, for pretty solid seasons uh, pending health with Sutton. And then Judy, hopefully it becomes Teddy Bridgewater for his sake. Right. I mean, people forget that Jerry Judy is a rookie rece- was a rookie receiver last year, no offseason camp, and – 
he had to deal with the with really subpar quarterback play. Yeah, well, I mean, it 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 hurt Judy as well when you had performances like C.D. Lamb and what he was able to do with Dallas and Justin Jefferson, what he was able to do with Minnesota. So, you know, that, that hurt Judy a lot. And I mean, if we ever do, if we end up doing like a, like a bounce backs or some like a show like that, I think Jerry Judy would be up there because uh, Jerry Judy, Jerry Judy would be top of the list. I mean, we did, we did a bounce back show it was way back in like March where we'll probably end up doing another one just like really solidify them like we're doing now with the bus. But Judy is one that is just prime bounce back candidate. You're drafting him at his floor and he will get you a really, really nice return. I I like the expected value on return for Jerry Judy where you're drafting him. If he is being drafted as the wide receiver 38, let me just have a look on our good friend NFC and see where he's being being drafted. Go ahead. While you're you're looking for that, I will say that, I mean, the, the regression is so much so where like the positive regression, I mean, he only caught three touchdowns last year Mm -hmm. and he had 856 yards, but he had 113 targets. So like, you know, the targets are there and um, you know, the, the catches may not necessarily only had 52 catches, but I think that, you know, Jerry Judy, you saw, you saw the potential. I mean, he had 16.5 yards per reception last year. That's, that's pretty good. I mean, it's so really good. Jerry Judy is being drafted. Now, it's important to, to point out that NFC is half point. That's the way that they uh, have their projections and, and expected ADP is all in half point PPR. Uh, Jerry Judy is being drafted right now as the wide receiver 34, and he's going 79th overall. So at the round eight, round nine turn. Okay. So he's going uh, – I mean, I'll give you – would you rather this for, uh, for Judy? Uh, Jerry Judy or Juju Smith-Schuster? Um, I think I'd, ra- I'd rather have Juju. I'd rather have Juju as well. Juju's going five spots higher than Judy. Robbie Anderson or Jerry Judy? I uh, put, me, put me in a tough position here. Very tough spot for you. I like Mr. Anderson. I like Judy. Anderson is going two spots higher than Judy. I have Judy one spot higher than Anderson in my wide receiver ranks. Uh, let's do Jerry, Judy, or Melvin Gordon. Let's go same team. Ooh, I'd rather have Judy. I'd rather have Judy as well. Judy's being drafted one spot higher than Gordon. Gordon is going 80th. Jerry Judy is going 79th. I mean, uh, Melvin Gordon might have a better season, but I just ra- I would rather have Judy. Just I disagree. I, just I, I I think Judy was going to have the better season than Gordon. I I, I just think Gordon's going to be awful. Well, I'm saying Melvin Gordon might have the better season. Yeah, but I'd still rather have Judy, just because I just don't like Melvin Gordon. Judy or Mostert? I'd rather have Judy. I'd rather have Mostert. Mostert's going one spot higher than Judy. I think Mostert. It's the health issues with Mostert. Yeah, but if, if Mostert is healthy, he's going to be the number one running back for San Francisco. And for me, that's a valuable enough spot when you have Kyle Shanahan saying that San Francisco ideally wants to run the ball 500 times. So, you know, take that for what you will, of course. But, you know, 
they want to run the ball in, in, in San Francisco. So it's good for Mostert if he could stay healthy, of course. Uh, I'll give you one more. Um, Jerry Judy or Will Fuller? Hmm. I'd rather have Judy. I'd rather have Judy as well. Judy's going 11 spots higher than Fuller. And one more just for fun, Jerry Judy or Debo Samuel? Jerry Judy. Yeah, Jerry Judy. Okay. Jerry Judy. Just just for the laughs. Just making sure that I'm that I'm actually me. Yes, we're, we're, we're keeping you in check. We know you're an elitist and you could have just said anything right there. But we're making sure. Ladies and gentlemen, we still have him. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Uh, moving on to another wide receiver, uh, Amari Cooper's rehab. It's cutting it close to training camp. Yeah, that surgery was not a cleanup. There, 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 there's no way. There's yeah, no, no way that a, that a cleanup procedure takes six months to recover, and we're still cutting it close in terms of him being ready for training camp. That was not a cleanup procedure. There is no way that they're going to convince me otherwise. And it's definitely something to be a little bit cautious about. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say worried. Worried is worried is a stretch right now cautious concerned about yeah yeah i think there's every reason for that to be the case i mean why would they lie about something like that i wouldn't say i i wouldn't say lie i would just say not would not disclose withhold the truth withhold the truth there you go i mean amari cooper's being drafted right now as the, as the 17th wide receiver off the board in overall he is being drafted uh, 42nd. So he's going in the fifth round. Well, here's the thing. I think that this might end up coming out like maybe years after Amari Cooper retires in some sort of tell-all book. But I think that it was a cleanup procedure in January, but Amari Cooper might have just had a setback that nobody's telling us about. It's possible. It's very possible. I mean, that's not the most exciting thing in the world. That's not well, the, I mo- know. the most interesting outcome, but I think that's pro- that might end up being what it is. I know um, I do follow, and if you don't, or if you unfollowed him after I told you to follow him last year, uh, that would be a good time to go and follow him again, Dr. Chow, Pro Football Doc, on Twitter. I still do. He's great. He's, he's great, and he basically said the same thing as I'm saying about Amari Cooper, and it was before I even saw him talk about it is when I saw that news, I said immediately, yeah, it's not a cleanup procedure. And he basically had reiterated that point that he doubts as well that this was just a routine cleanup procedure unless there was something else that had happened in the rehab working back. But as far as I know, I don't think Amari Cooper was ever really, you know, on field doing anything like that for rehab purposes. As far as as far as I know, I'm not – 100% 100% sure. I don't want to speculate or anything like that. But I mean, I've done enough speculating and saying that it wasn't a cleanup procedure. But I mean, I guess we're deep in well, that. Listen, we're, we're fancy football players, fancy football. The, the fourth rule of fancy football is you got to speculate sometimes. Never assume. Never assume. Yeah, it's, um, it's not good. It, it, it's, it's not good. Um, I'll give you some would you rather stuff. Amari Cooper or Julio? Okay. Julio. I'm going with Amari. I'm still, I'm still going to go with Amari. 
close though. Amari or Godwin? Hmm. That's interesting. I think I'd rather go with Godwin. I'm going with Amari. Amari Cooper or DJ Moore? Amari. I'm going with Amari. Close though. Closer. Amari Cooper or Mike Evans? I'd go with Mike Evans. I'm going with Amari. I'm going with Amari again. Touchdowns. Regression though, Adam. Regression though. When he wasn't scoring touchdowns, he was not good last year. He was not good. He needed to score. Amari Cooper, one more. Amari Cooper, Robert Woods. I think I'd rather go. I go with Amari for this one. Uh, what? I'm going with Robert Woods. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't even think that's. Yeah, that's not close for me. I have Amari Cooper as my wide receiver 18. I have Robert Woods as my wide receiver 13. That one's not close for me. We stand the man, Robert Woods. It's a, I mean, it's an interesting debate. I mean, going by fantasy pros, Amari Cooper is 13 and Robert Woods is 14. Is that in standard? No, it's in that, full point. That's in full point. They have Cooper at 13. Interesting. Yep. Very interesting. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm different. Granted, Granted, I did move Amari Cooper over the last couple of days. Before I moved him, he was my wide receiver 15. But in case you were wondering, in standard, Amari Cooper is 15. That's where I had that's that's where I had him before and, this ankle news came out and I, I I dropped him a few spots. And Robert Woods is 19. Yeah, I I I kind of figured that. I kind of I'm, I'm, so sh- I'm shocked they have Amari that high. I, I I'm I'm relatively surprised. And then, um, but where do they have in uh, in full point? Where do they have uh, CD? Sixteen. Yeah, that doesn't make sense for me. I'm sorry, that doesn't make a lot. It doesn't make, doesn't sense, make sense for me either. I don't know why. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't know why people. You, yeah. Because how can you have? And I'm assuming that they have Zeke as a top five guy too, or a top six. So, yeah, that doesn't, six. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me how you can have. Three guys in the same offense, three skilled players in the same offense, all be RB ones and high end wide receiver twos. The production never ever equates. So basically, they're saying that Dallas could be running a, just a shit ton of offensive plays. Yeah, I mean, it's very weird because even in half point, it's the same thing. Amari's at thirteen and CD's at fifteen. Yeah, at that, hmm, I don't know. I, I don't see it. I no, keep checking. I, I don't to see make it that sure. high, at least. I keep checking because it, it seems like a misprint. Like I keep checking to be like, "Are you sure this is in PPR?" <laughs> well, that was my that was my first reaction. Was are we but, sure? Are we sure it's PPR? Fantasy Pro, you know the consensus. It's something else. That's crazy. That that that's crazy to me. But uh, the last bit of news uh, involves J.K. Dobbins, expected to be one of the focal points in the Ravens. Fantastic, fantastic news. I mean, you have a Ravens running back that basically, over the last 
four or five years has basically been averaging around 14, 15 points a game. They always have at least one 14, 15 fantasy points per game. J.K. Dobbins is that guy, then oof, he's going to be tasty. And this is this is what I urge from people is, yeah, there's Gus Edwards there. And it's tricky when you have Lamar Jackson, who's a running quarterback, but J.K. Dobbins is always going to get his. And people need to understand that, yeah, the situation's a little tricky to evaluate, but don't read so much into it. The Ravens are a run-first team. They are going to run the ball. J.K. Dobbins, no matter what, is going to get his opportunities. Don't overlook it. Don't overthink it. Don't try and think that something else is going to happen. No, they're going to run the ball. J.K. is going to get his looks, and he's going to be great in an offense that is lethal when it comes to running the football. I don't know why J.K. Dobbins is not being drafted higher. I, I I really don't. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me either. Like how how Mixon and Clyde are going above J.K. and DeAndre Swift right now. Granted, NFC is half PPR, so I, I understand. Maybe full point, is it is a bit different. Um, I don't have the full point in front of me right now, but even then in half point, I, I still would take Dobbins and Swift over both Clyde and Mixon. Yeah, I agree with you. Everyone knows the Ravens, the Ravens backs are going to be so good. And they, and they lost Mark Ingram. That was the one thing that was holding JK Dobbins back last year. I wouldn't even say holding him back because with, even with Ingram there, he was fine. And then Ingram was just out of the picture entirely. Right. Because they really like Dobbins and Gus was doing a good enough job. You, you know what it's going to be on short third and ones, things like that. It's going to be Gus Edwards and rightfully so. He's the bigger back. But on first, second down, it's going to be J.K. Dobbins. And on passing downs on third and four, third and five, third and six, it's going to be J.K. Dobbins in the field. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's what it is. Some people are just when they see a back is going to not be getting the goal line carries, they just want to want to shy away from it. I disagree. I think it's going to be Dobbins getting the goal line carries. Well, didn't you say that you, that Gus Edwards would be getting the, the short yardage, the short yardage in the middle of the field. Yes. But I think in terms of goal line, I think it's going to be Dobbins. Okay. I think it's going to be Dobbins. So I think people can really get Dobbins right now at an excellent, excellent price. He's being drafted 26th yeah. off the board right now. That's in the third, that's in the middle to late third round. That's terrific. I, I honestly, people are going to shrug their shoulders and they're, they're just going to say, okay, you know, third round, you know, is, is what it is. I think that's a great price because guess what? If I can just do the quick math right now, he's being drafted as the ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, he's going as the RB15 right now. He he should be a top 12 back. So you're going to get growth from where you're taking him in the third round. I think he will be a top 12 back. So you're taking him in the third round as the RB15. It's fantastic value. And you go ahead, you take that all day. All day long. You know, Fancy Pros has an ADP tab on it. 
I'm oh, sure it does. You know. Yes. And it's based on real early, early season drafts. Could be from a small sample size, but J.K. Dobbins is going as the RB17. Even better. 31st overall. You're getting him in the early fourth fourth round. That's outstanding. The 3-4 turn, essentially, in a 10-team league. That's outstanding. I love it. I absolutely love it. He he is a guy, given I have two picks so far that are close to the turn that are in that Dobbins range, I'm going to end up with Dobbins a good amount this year. I, I know it, which is fine. I, I, I'm perfectly, perfectly fine with that. And normally I don't really like to double up on guys, but there are certain guys, if I really, really love them, I have no problem doubling up on. J.K. is one of those guys. See, my thing is I don't understand why people don't like J.K. Dobbins in PP. I feel like J.K. Dobbins, like in PPR, people are, are rating him lower than in standard. Um. I think I, I there there are a couple of reasons I think to that. I just think that the guys above him offer more pass catching upside. Maybe that's the reason with Mixon is that you know maybe uh, more people feel like Mixon is getting more of a pass catching back, which I understand with no Gio Bernard there and all the talk suggesting that um, that Mixon's going to be on the field more and more. You know, I I, I completely understand that. I mean, I have Dobbins projected for 34 receptions. So if you can get by with the lack of receptions from Dobbins, so-called lack of receptions from Dobbins, then then you'll be okay. I mean, just to kind of put it into perspective, I'm just trying to find someone on my uh, projections list that I have somewhere in the range of Dobbins when it comes to the receptions. Someone that I can try and compare here. Um, okay. All right. Someone someone like Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who I have down for 40 receptions, in the same neighborhood as Dobbins. So if you like having the floor with more receptions, then Clyde is probably your guy. But if you got burned by Clyde and you want to just – and you're, you're, you're done with that, as I know a lot of people are, then you go to Dobbins. Then you go to Dobbins. I, I think Dobbins will be totally, totally fine. Okay. Um, you want to move on to our draft busts? Yep, let's ruin some days. Let us ruin some days. Just all the goodwill that um, Mr. Jeff Jeff Zrebeck of The Athletic gave, you, gave us by saying that J.K. Dobbins would be one of the focal points. We're just going to take that and Destroy it completely. Nothing so, wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Um, we're going to be doing a couple per position. And Bird, would you like to go first for quarterbacks? Surely, Adam. I'll I'll take a crack at this. Um, you know what I tried to do was I tried to go about this as. I'm going to call players busts that are being drafted. Like, for example, I could very easily say Tua Tagovailoa, but 
he's not really being drafted in 10 and 12 team leagues. So I, I kind of stayed away from that. I'm trying to go for guys that are more uh, mainstream. I think, Adam, we said we're going to do uh, two apiece for uh, each position, correct? Yes. All right. So then I'll take one. You take one. I'll take one. You take one. Correct. Um, all right. My, fir- my first bust pick is Aaron Rodgers. And this is operating under the assumption that Aaron Rodgers is going to play. Now, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play, obviously you're not going to draft him. But even if Aaron Rodgers plays, I think he's going to be a bust. And, and I'll, I'll tell you why. The touchdown rate for me is going to come down for Aaron Rodgers. His touchdown rate last year was sitting around 9.1%. Oh, my. If we, had, if we were doing going to dial that number back to around a 6% touchdown rate, Adam, say we settled at around 6.2%, he would have been the QB 10 instead of the QB 2 from last year. So if we're going based off of regression, and we're talking negative regression, we're not talking positive regression, we're talking negative regression here. Aaron Rodgers probably is no better than a top 12 quarterback. Now, what helps Aaron Rodgers is that, yes, he has Devontae Adams. Yes, he has Robert Tunyon. Yes, he's in a pass-happy offense. And yes, he is Aaron Rodgers. So that should help him. I just feel like, for me, that Aaron Rodgers, I'm not going to be diving in on the price that people are going to end up paying for him. Now, Obviously, with the whole question marks, his, his price is, is rangy right now. But if we're going off of drafts and we're going off of NFC and what they're and what NFC is saying, uh, Aaron Rodgers' draft position is right now. Aaron Rodgers is being drafted as the ninth quarterback off the board. If Aaron Rodgers is going to come back and he is going to play, I firmly project that Aaron Rodgers will be going ahead of Justin Herbert right now, who was the QB seven. Maybe you could make a case that he would be going as the QB six ahead of Russell, ahead of Russell Wilson. That, for me, is way too expensive. I think where he is right now is where he should stay. As the QB9 or QB8, I think that's a fair price to pay. But if you're paying anything more than that, as the QB6 or the QB7, I think that's way too expensive for Aaron Rodgers. I think there's better options out there, especially later in the draft itself. When you're looking at guys that are behind Rodgers right now, such as Stafford, such as Tannehill, such as Hurts, such as Burrow, who we'll get to in a minute, such as Trevor Lawrence, such as Matt Ryan. I think all those guys are better options for what you're paying for them as opposed to Aaron Rodgers if Aaron Rodgers plays. You know, looking at the stat line that Aaron Rodgers had last year, you realize how fucking ridiculous it is. Absolutely, absolutely mental. And how unsustainable it is. Unsustainable for a guy who's 36 and presumably will have little to no pre 37. 37, yes, just turned 37, who will have little to no preseason if he does play. I mean, this this guy last year, Aaron Rodgers, had a quarterback rating of 121.5. Yep. A completion percentage of 70.7, 4,299 yards, 48 touchdowns, and five picks. Absurd. Plus three rushing touchdowns. Absurd. He was the league MVP last year. He deserved it. He played out of his skin. But Quite I'm just not taking him at a QB6, QB7 price. There is no way that I'm doing that. 
If you're Not expecting a, a 37-year-old quarterback to threaten Peyton Manning's touchdown per season record, or t- yeah, if you're expecting a a, a 37-year-old quarterback to threaten Peyton Manning's record for touchdowns in a season, it's not going to happen. Probably not. Probably not. I mean, if if you if you want to take Aaron Rodgers in round eight, that's where you have to take him because that's where Herbert is is going right now, round seven. If you're going to take him, where Russell Wilson is going, for me, it's too rich. I mean, this is his best season in four years. Yep, last year. Mm-hmm. Granted, 2017 broken collarbone. But 2018 and 2019, he played 16 games, similar yardage, um, similar-ish. Well, you know, the completion percentage was around 62%, but he had 25 touchdowns in 2018 and 26 touchdowns in 2019. There you go. I was literally about to ask you, but the touchdown numbers. It's not sustainable. It's not worth it. It's not worth it to go and, and invest on that because I don't know how much growth there really is. Do it again. Yep. Do it again. Exactly. Do it again. The later, the later you get Rogers, the better. But my fear is that you're only drafting Rogers. If you know, he's going to play and where you'll be drafting Rogers, you'll be contending with other guys, which will mean his price is going up. No, it's not worth it. Don't do it. Okay. Um, I had a, I, it's tough for me because there were a couple of options here for draft busts. Just, to, just, just say few, your guy. Just, just say your few. guy. I don't want to say Lamar Jackson. Please say it. Why? Because double down. Be a man. Double down. Double down. I mean, Lamar Jackson's going. 42nd overall. Yeah. Uh, it's, a bit, five. it's a bit high. According to fantasy pros, he's going, uh, he's basically going as a QB four over yeah. Dak on, is going a pick after him. Yep. On an NFC Dak is going two picks higher than Lamar, but Kyler's going ahead of both of them. And then Josh Allen is ahead of Kyler and then Spahms. So Lamar is the QB five who is being drafted in the sixth round, which I mean, I, I, I said this on, on the program where you were slandering Lamar Jackson, you can get him in the sixth round. And I think it's great. I think it's really good. Yeah, but you're not. Probably not in a, in a legit draft. You may not get him in the sixth round. Maybe not. Maybe you will. Maybe I mean, if will. this is anything to go by, you're getting him in the, in the fifth round. Or fourth, depending on how how big your league is. You said forty second overall is where he's going. Forty sec forty second overall. Forty second overall. All right, he's going in round five. He's going in the beginning part of round five. That that that's a little steep for me. A little bit. A little bit. If 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 that could be pushed to later in round five, I'm still okay with that. With for Lamar, I'm still okay with that. Yeah, I mean, I just I just want him to be better. You know, it's not that I hate the guy. You know, you want him to be a better quarterback. If you're if you're spending that kind of draft capital on somebody like Lamar Jackson, you would want him to be better. You know, more balanced and just better from the other side from the other side of his game. 
Uh, I couldn't disagree more. Honestly, I could not disagree more with everything you just said. I figured. If if you had told me that I wasn't Lamar... gonna listen, I wasn't gonna say Lamar, but you 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 pushed me into this. No, we'll, we'll say say who you want to say. Okay, it's in the same vein. Let's say who you want to say. I was gonna say Jalen Hurts. Oh my god. <laughs> well, Mr. actually, Mister Mister Conservative hating on the Russian quarterbacks. Why am I not surprised? I don't hate the conservative. I'm not conservative. With your fantasy football strategy, you are Mr. Conservative. Well, yes, with my fantasy football strategy. Although it's not really Jalen Hurts, because like where the fuck is he going? He's not be like he's barely being drafted. Yes, he's, he is. he's being drafted. Where Jalen, is he, Hurt, where Jalen is he Hurts going? he's going in the eleventh round. Ninety sixth overall. Yeah, that's a, well, yeah. That's not that's not bust that's not in bust territory. It could be. It could be, because people can draft him higher than that. Because of the rushing upside, um, which I is mean, why just, a lot of people like him. My, my, I mean, Justin Herbert is, included. Justin Herbert is here too, just because of the same same deal. That's what I can get behind the "do it again" mantra. Yep, that's that's what I can get behind with Herbert. He was he was on my list. Yeah, I wasn't gonna say him, but he was on my list. Yeah, Justin Herbert. I mean, this is a guy. I think I said this like what. A couple shows ago, I think when we talked about quarterbacks, it was just like Justin Herbert's great. Like he had a really, really good season, but who knows if he can do this again? Where he, you know, he had a great season. You we lost Hunter Henry, new coaching staff, um, new offensive system. You'd think. Um, I, I just don't know. I mean, really, a lot of it. Also, the rushing touchdowns too. You know those those QB sneaks at the goal line really helped his numbers too. Yeah, five rushing touchdowns definitely did help him. And and I will uh, say that he's actually falling in price. I mean, to start his lowest point for his draft value was sitting at around fifty overall. Now he's being drafted around 58 overall. So it's not like a huge dip for uh, for Herbert. But, you know, he, he's taking a little bit of a slide. Well, I think that – so uh, Fantasy Pros, he's being drafted as a QB7. Uh, that's where he's being drafted on NFC. Yeah, he's being drafted as a QB7 here as well. Behind, so you- behind Russell Wilson – and ahead of Brady and Rodgers. Yep. That is exactly correct. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that, uh, you know, drafting him that high, that's the thing with uh, basic, drafting someone off of one year of production, of like really good production, you have to, there's always that little thought in the back of your mind of is this, is this how he's going to be? Or did he just have a really good season? And now that everybody has the book on him, is he going to um, regress in his second year in the league? Obviously, you don't want that to happen, especially if you're drafting him. But it's a it's a legitimate concern. I mean, it's fair to expect regression from him. It's fair to expect it. Yeah. 
but if he if he falls a little bit, I don't think the price is going to be too terrible. He's not going to be like you're drafting him in the fifth round and then he's going to finish the yeah, season in like outside the top 15. He he won't be anywhere near round 5, which is good. He won't be anywhere he won't be anywhere near round 6. I don't I don't think. I don't think he gets to that point. But I think I I think where he'll settle is around is like mid round 7, mid round 8. I think that that's the appropriate spot for him and and, and even then would I do it? I don't know when, I mean, I'm just looking at the guys that are all around Herbert right now on an, on NFC Claypool, Mark Andrews, Odell Beckham, DJ Char, Cortland Sutton. Those names are all being drafted five spots ahead of Herbert right now. I'd rather take any of those guys over Herbert personally. And even, even someone like Michael Carter, who's being drafted 75th right now, I'll take a stab on, on Michael Carter for sure. Really? Yeah. Michael Carter, the running back. Michael Carter, the running back who plays for the New York Jets. Yes. That's correct. That the guy. Michael Carter. The Michael Carter, the running back, not the safety. Um, well, yeah, I mean, are, have you prepared any IDP bus? <laughs> I urge anybody who is participating in IDP leagues to make sure when you put the sticker on the board or when you're making your picks on your computers to make sure that you have Michael Carter running back, not Michael Carter safety. <laughs> Please make sure. Double check. Um, on Fantasy Pros, so Justin Herbert is going 60. And that's overall. Sheesh. And he's around DJ Moore, Kenny Galladay, James Robinson, Russell Wilson. That's not even the same. Ballpark. That is not even the same ballpark where I have him. Not at all. Yeah. Overall, overall, I have Herbert on my big board. I have Herbert going going 83rd. Wow. Yep. I mean, that's a, that's good. That's a good spot for him. If he goes there, I would love it. Ninth round in a in a 10 team league. That's where I would take him. Yeah. That's where I would take him. But but I think people also need to understand before we move on to the running backs, people need to understand that I'm just lower on the quarterbacks. It's just the way I rank them. Me personally, well, yeah, they're not a premium always, position. Exactly. I'm always going to put more of a premium on the receivers, the running backs, and even the tight ends before I'm putting a premium on the quarterbacks. That's just the way I rank. That's just that's just how I am. So okay. if, you're, if you're someone that takes stock in quarterbacks, then yeah, you're you're gonna draft Herbert way before where I tell you you should draft him. That that's just the nature of the beast, unfortunately. Yeah. I I mean I agree because you that's the way fantasy football has always been and currently is where people hold running backs to a higher in a higher position in higher place than running backs and receivers really skill position players then uh, they hold them to a higher regard than quarterbacks it just comes down to taste it comes down to taste it comes down to preference more than anything else yeah. But uh, most of the times in fantasy football, when you go against the norm, it doesn't end up working out. It does. It doesn't. It does. And it doesn't. Um, can I give you my one last bust before we move on to uh, I'll, I'll make this rapid fire super quick. Then we'll move on to running backs. Okay. 
it's pretty straightforward for me. Uh, Joe Burrow. And basically, yeah. it, it comes down to health. It comes down to health. You cannot tell me that when Joe Burrow only tore his ACL and LCL in, when was it, November, that he's going to be back, ready to go 100% for week one. It just seems very, very overly optimistic to me. I don't believe um, it. I'm not expecting Burrow to be ready to go for week one. Uh, he's just not a guy that I'll be drafting at all this year. And it's a shame. And it's a shame. I, ho- I hope he comes back. I hope he proves me wrong. But I, I just think that he's going to be someone that you're seeing. You're, pe- people are going to be just waiting on Burrow. And for me, that's just not something that I'm really willing to do. Now, in keeper leagues, you know, maybe I'll take a, take a chance on him, given, of course, the keeper value year to year is more valuable. But in redraft, I'm just not going anywhere near that. Makes sense. Okay, running backs. A um, couple of easy ones here for yep. running backs. Yeah, this is this is a pretty easy position to uh, to rank right now. Um, I wonder who it's going to be. Maybe it's Saquon Barkley. It's probably Saquon Barkley. No, it's not one actually. Of ha- one of he us has not, to he, have him. He was he was on my list, but it it, it is not Barkley. Okay, I'm gonna save Barkley for for the end because that's obvious. I'm gonna pick Aaron Jones. Ooh, okay. Don't mind that uh, one. Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is on Fantasy Pros being ranked ninth or uh, the ninth running back. I mean, you know, Aaron Jones is a guy that you know his touchdowns were down last year. His yardage was up. His yards per carry, his yards per carry were up. Um, you know, it was pretty solid in PPR, but I just think that 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 Packers offense, you know where the ball is going. You know, Aaron Jones just doesn't get the yardage, or he just doesn't get like the touch, like you know, the touches aren't really there for him. And he's always like an injury risk. I feel like he's always banged up with something. And um, you know, the Packers drafted AJ Dillon at last year, you know, 2019 or 2020, and they're going to want to use him. You know, they let Jamal Williams walk, but that just makes more room for AJ Dillon. See, I like Jones if Rodgers is there. Rodgers is not there. I don't love Jones as much. Let me give you a, um, a duo that I saw in a mock the other day and just tell me which one you'd rather have in full point. Full point PPR, who would you rather have? This duo or this duo? Chubb and Jones or Eckler and Akers? In full point PPR? Full point PPR. I'd rather have Eckler and Akers. And Interesting. I'd, I'd rather, rather have, have Aklers. Aklers. I, I'd, I'd rather have Jones. Jones. I'd rather See, have that Jones. That one sounds dirty. It, it, yes, it does. I'd rather have Chubb and Jones, personally. I like Aklers. I'm surprised you didn't pick. Those are like two of your golden boys. Well, one of them. Uh, Cam is my son, absolutely. But I just think you know you're getting you're getting more of a return. I think with Chubb and Jones than maybe, and there's less risk with Chubb and Jones than you are with Eckler and 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 Acres. But I mean, if if Eckler pans out, then Eckler's going to be great in full point. Full point will be fantastic. But uh, with Aaron with Aaron Jones, he he. He's a guy that I don't really flock towards at all. 
for some reason. And, you know, he's not someone that I, I really, you know, take a year after year. I just kind of think he's not my kind of running back, but, you know, he, he, he gets the he gets the touchdowns. He, he's not a big, you know, high yardage guy, but I think with, with no Jamal Williams, that should change a tiny bit. Aja Dillon will definitely have a part to play for sure. Cause the Packers really, really, really like him, which makes it even more of a head scratcher as to why they signed Aaron Jones to a huge contract extension like they did. But I digress. Yeah. I, di- I digress. Nonetheless, it really comes down to Rodgers. Again, it comes down to Aaron Rodgers. If, if Aaron Rodgers is there, then I think Aaron Jones being drafted 15th overall right now on NFC, the number 12 running back, I think that's okay. I, I, I do think that's okay. But if Rodgers is not there, I won't be drafting him. That goes also, for really also, all the Packers, period. Um, The Packers, you know, the, the schedule. I mean, you know, that's another thing that's just – stacked up against Aaron Jones. I mean, going up against New Orleans, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, Chicago, the football team, the, the Chiefs, the Seahawks, the Vikings, the Rams, the Bears again. The Lions twice. The Lions twice. Which is fabulous. Which is fabulous, but that's only two games. Yeah, Minnesota, Cleveland and Minnesota. Minnesota's run defense is not great, so that doesn't, that doesn't scare me at all. Seattle's run defense is not great. That doesn't scare me at all. Kansas City's run defense is okay. It's probably the best part of their defense. So, you know, it's is that Kansas City game, is it at Arrowhead or is it at Lambeau? At Arrowhead. Ooh. Ooh. All right. Yeah. After, after, a, thir- after a Thursday night game against Arizona. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, but they have 10 days, though. They have 10 days, though. I mean, on the road at, so it's at Arizona and then, and then at, Kansas at City. Arrowhead. Oh yikes. yeah. Yeah. They, no, the NFL fucked up with that one. Yeah, they sure did. Yikes. Yeah. I mean, I'm not primetime games. I don't, I don't hate Jones. I don't hate him, but no Rogers. That's a big, big, big concern. Yeah. Um, Anybody else for you? I mean, I have two ready to go. Uh, Let's go. Number one is Miles Sanders. That that that's easy, and it's it's very simple. That if oh if wow, Nick, Cowboys fan doesn't like the Eagles running back. I've never seen this before in my entire life. I'm against I'm against the Philadelphia Eagle. I'm gonna say Saquon Barkley next. Um, no, but I just think it it comes down to you know if I thought Nick Sirianni was really going to be committed to Miles Sanders and is actually going to want to use Miles Sanders. I would have Miles Sanders as the top 12 running back. I think he's super talented. I think he's a very, very good running back. But the problem is, look what they've done during the offseason. They've brought in three running backs. Kenneth Gainwell, Jordan Howard, and my son, Carrion Johnson. That's not good for Miles Sanders. <laughs> that, that's not good. So, you know, for, for me, I, I'm just – I'm staying away from that. I mean, already you have a running quarterback there in Jalen Hurts that – I just think his overall mobility is going to open up rushing lanes for himself. And it's not going to really help Miles Sanders in his case. So yeah, Miles Sanders, not, not it for me. Uh, the other running back that I uh, chose to highlight, uh, I'm going to go with David Montgomery of the Chicago bears. And yeah, he finished as the QB, the RB four last year. 
But look at the splits between when he was with Tariq Cohen and when he was without. In the games with Tariq Cohen, he averaged 2.3 targets per game last year. In the 12 games without Tariq Cohen, the number rose to 4.92 targets for him. This is in the passing game. I'm sorry. No. And they brought in Damian Williams, who is a better receiving back than David Montgomery as well. No. No. This is this is not the one for me at all. And 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 also, and I don't think this is talked about enough because everyone likes to talk about, oh yeah, the schedule, the schedule, the schedule. But look at David Montgomery's schedule going down the stretch. And you know, just tell me, you know, what this was. After 10 weeks, David Montgomery was the RB20. Then after after week 10. He got the Packers twice, the Lions, the Texans, the Vikings, and the Jaguars. And he finishes the RB4. He had a great great end of season. He had a great end of season against defenses that, I mean, quite frankly, are not very good against the run. So, for me, David Montgomery, no. No, I'm sorry. That's uh, not not the one for me. Um, I am very, very, very comfortable staying away from Montgomery. He's being drafted 40th overall in the fifth round right now. No, no, that is, uh, that is not it for me. Understandable. I, I completely agree with you. I mean, you wouldn't be such a, ba- a biased Dallas Cowboys fan if you didn't like Antonio Gibson so much. Oh, Antonio Gibson is, he, he, oh my God. I love him. I love him endlessly. Right. Um, I mean, Saquon Barkley, come on. Like, I wouldn't be so, I wouldn't be so like ticked about this if Fantasy Pros didn't keep ranking him so high. If people, they're ranking him at four. Four. Come on now. It's in full point PPR, man. Can't be surprised. The guy can't stay on the field. Can't be surprised though, because people people still are fixated on the 2018 season that he had. People still think that that's gonna you know potentially show itself again. It's not. I mean, I just don't know. Well, I do know, but I have, I don't have high hopes. Let other people make that mistake. You know, he 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 will have a, he might have a good season after all, but. The fact that he's ranked ahead of Derrick Henry, ranked ahead of Zeke, ranked ahead of Eckler, ranked ahead of Jonathan Taylor. I'd, I would rather have all those guys except for Eckler over Barkley. You can talk about – we talk about upside literally all the time. But upside is great, but you don't get points based on potential. And the downside with Barkley is tremendous. You don't get points based on potential. That is, no. that's the, like the fifth rule of fantasy football. <laughs> the down, the downside though is, is is tremendous. That's that's the problem. The risk, for for me at least, the risk outweighs the reward. With with Barkley. Yeah, 
exactly. Absolutely. And that's what, yeah, that, I mean, that's why I'm like, this guy is a bust in that sense, because if you're drafting him as the four, if you're drafting him fourth overall, you're asking for it. You're asking for, for disappointment. I would agree with you. I, I would agree with you wholeheartedly. Okay. Moving on to receivers. Would you like to go first? If you would like me to, I can go first. Um, so I, th- this is actually a pretty interesting position to, to project as to who I think is going to be a bust here. Uh, I, I, there are a ton of guys that I, I, I had written down. Um, for me, my, my first bust, I'm going to go with Kenny Galladay. There we go. There's my okay. giant slander. There's my giant slander. No, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Kenny Galladay of the, uh, of the New York giants. Are I just think Logan Thomas next. So you get the entire NFC East. Baby. No, I, I look, I just think him going to a, to a new team is not going to be easy. Uh, it was easy for him with Detroit to be the focal point of the offense, especially when Marvin Jones was consistently hurt. But now he's going to the Giants where there are options aplenty uh, with Sterling Shepard, Kadarius Toney, uh, Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram, Kyle Rudolph, Saquon Barkley. It's going to be tough for him to be the target hog in, in that offense. Not to mention he also has a spotty injury record. I also just don't believe in Daniel Jones. I, I think that that is a major problem when, you know, you have a, I'll say a, a very talented offensive skilled group, but the quarterback definitely lacks in the ability that the players that are around him. So it's a make or break year for Daniel Jones. And I think it's going to be a break year. And I think the giants are going to have to go and assess the quarterback position in the off season. And, it's not going to be Daniel Jones being a long-term guy for the Giants. So maybe next year we're talking about Kenny Galladay having, you know, being one of those guys that, you know, is going to be better than he was. But this year it's, it's, it's not it for me because I'm just not a believer, believer in Daniel Jones. And I think Kenny Galladay is going to have a really, really hard time being that guy that's going to be the out and out target hog for this Giants team, despite the contract that they gave him. I'll say this. I didn't pick one Dolphin, Bill, or Patriot for any for any of my busts. Well, it, ju- it just so happens that the Patriots have absolutely the Dolphins nobody. The Patriots are terrible. The Patriots have nobody. And the, the, Dol- and the, the Dolphins are, are good. basically nobody. And the Bills, what are you going to do? You're going you're gonna to say, yeah, Josh Allen is going to be a bust. Stephon Diggs is going to be a bust. Yeah, Stephon Diggs is going to be a bust. You'd have people turning off this podcast in a heartbeat. Yeah, no. All, of, all of mine have rationale. I'm not just going out and saying, oh, yeah, Kenny Galladay, he's on the New York Giants. He's going to be a bust. I could. Well, I, 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 I could mean, say that. I mean, I could easily say that John and Smith and Hunter Henry are going to be busts. Excuse and me. John Smith is a great man, and Hunter Henry is a future Hall of Fame tight end. Not anymore. He's not. That's disgraceful. You you you, you are a flaky fan. He sold his soul to the commit to the tight end committee, and he will no longer be. He's no longer on that on the Hall of Fame tight end track. Shocking, absolutely shocking. Anyway, we're talking about receivers. Um, for me, I think that 
Uh, one that's kind of interesting is someone that we've talked about. Same range as uh, Kenny Galladay, actually. Adam Thielen. Mm. Wow. Wow. You're going against Adam? I know. Adam against Adam? A fellow Adam. This shows where your loyalties lie. A fellow Adam. I like Adam Thielen a lot. You are an elitist. You've turned your back on your on the friend of the podcast, Hunter Henry, and now you've turned your back on your name friend, Adam Thielen? Well, here's the thing. You are disgraceful. You are here's shocking. The, here's the thing. I've said that Hunter Henry has been dead to me ever since he signed that dotted line contract with the New England Patriots. Hunter, I am still your friend. You are a friend of mine. I never even met him, so – Great man, he's a friend of the podcast. I'm sure he's very nice in person, but you know, anybody in you know, New England. Ugh. But I th- listen. I still think that Adam Thielen's going to have a good season. What, 14 touchdowns? Yeah. Yep. No, that's fair. That's fair reasoning. I mean, what would you say his number is for touchdowns? I mean, he pro. It's weird. You look at Adam Thielen's stat line. It's always. He always goes hard in one direction, whether it be yards or touchdowns. That's true. 2017, he had 1,200 yards and four touchdowns. Yep. 2018, he had 1,300 yards and nine touchdowns. 2019, injuries. 2020, 925 yards and 14 touchdowns. I would love it if he can get you like 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns. That's a very happy medium. Yeah. I, I'd be fine with that. I think he'll probably be like eleven or twelve hundred yards and nine touchdowns. I think people would take that. So I think I think this is one that we just need to clarify. I don't think you're calling Adam Thielen necessarily a bust. You're just calling for heavy, heavy touchdown regression. Yes. And you're just urging people to don't draft Thielen if you expect 14 touchdowns again, correct? Yes. Okay. All right, that's fair. That's very fair. I can understand that. I take back the slander. Thank you. Because I I do agree with that. I, would, I do agree listen, with that. I would still draft. I'm still. I might still draft Adam Thielen. Oh, you're going to. Yeah, I'm you're going thinking, to. I'm not gonna... Let's let's not forget. This is the same man all off season that was saying slanderous, disgusting things about Tyreek Hill and AJ Brown and drafted both of them live on this program. I don't, I don't remember saying. Anything bad about AJ Brown? Okay, maybe you didn't say anything Last bad about AJ Brown, but Tyree Kill, you absolutely yes, did. and you still drafted him. Yeah, you still well, ended up drafting him. So and it still it, turned out fine. So it, it, in that instance, you're going to be drafting Lamar Jackson somewhere. Probably not, actually. Well, you are well, in two. You you are in two leagues now. Only only if you want to. If you try, if you convince me to. On well, our, we have to we have to work that out in counseling. We're going to need lots of therapy, <laughs> co-owning a team, but we'll have co-owner we'll have, counseling. We'll have more information too about the uh, the co-ownership team soon enough because that's going to be a fun one. That's going to be a fun one. No, well, like you said, and like I said, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be like a bust bust, but you know, he's going to have pretty solid regression and it's this, it's kind of like an Aaron Rodgers argument where you're going to be drafting him 
at a, people are going to draft him at a ceiling. Yep. I listen. And I think, I think that's very fair. He's still going to be a good player. You know, we've seen that he's been a good, that he's good. And yeah. um, not much else has really changed in Minnesota other no. than Callan Mon getting drafted, but that, and that won't really affect Adam Thielen, Thielen until later in the year, you'd think. But I, yeah, I still think that Adam Thielen's going to be solid. Uh, so I get more for receivers. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go with Tyler Lockett. That's, what, the, that's one I was thinking of for the Seahawks. Uh, I mean, plain and simple. I mean, Lockett scored 46% of his total points for the year in three games. Eight of his 10 touchdowns came in those three games and had 90 yards at least in each of those games. And in the other 13, he topped 70 yards just one time. So not, no, not, not for me, not for me with, uh, with Lockett, who, by the way, if anybody was in fact curious as to where Tyler Lockett is going, Tyler Lockett is going in the sixth round. Nope. He's going. Oh dear. Well, here's an interesting one. Here's the interesting one. Lockett is going two spots ahead of Adam Thielen. So at that price, would you rather have Lockett or would you rather have Thielen? I think I'd rather have Thielen. I'd rather have Thielen as well. At that, at that price, yeah. I'd rather have Thielen as well. Would you rather have Lockett or would you rather have Ayuk? Ayuk. I'd rather have Ayuk as well. Tyler Lockett or Kenny Galladay? That's an interesting one. I think I'd rather have Galladay. I'd rather have Lockett. I think he's in the better offense. That's just me. Okay. That's just me. That, I mean, that makes sense, though. But yeah, I'm going. I'm going with Lockett. Okay. Hmm. There are a a bit of there. There are a fair amount of options for for busts. Not even just like busts, just like players that can regress. I mean, we kind of talked about be like, good, or just not be good. I mean, we talked about Mike Evans. You talked about Mike Evans. You're not a fan of him. I mean, not a fan. That's something. Julio Jones easily could be could that be was another one on my uh, list. could be a bust. Yeah, another one on my list. Um, honestly, I'm not crazy. I don't know what the whole hullabaloo is about Deontay Johnson. People rank him. People are really high on him, and I just don't see it. Well, I I I think all of the and I quote. I'll take. Uh, your uh, quotation here, Adam, is that Deontay Johnson is more of like your your immediate receptions guy, but the injuries that he sustains are not good. There were multiple times last year where he did not finish games, and there were multiple times last year he was benched, just straight up. So yeah, I, I I'm I kind of struggle on the on the what was, what would you say hullabaloo? Yeah, hullabaloo, hullabaloo. Okay surrounding Deontay Johnson. That that one for me is is a tough one to uh to try and understand myself. I have Deontay Johnson as a top 24 receiver, but I don't have him as a top 20 receiver. Whether it be injuries or benching, he had a stretch between weeks 3 and 6 with a bye week sandwiched in the middle 
where he had a total of 0.7 fantasy points. He had um, nine rushing yards and negative two receiving yards in four weeks or three games, essentially. That's dreadful. I don't remember what was happening at the time, if he was injured or if he was benched, but those are his stats. And that was early in the season. I mean, obviously, he, and literally the game after he didn't play, he had 20 points. And they went right back to point six after that. It's the up, down, up, down, up, down. And, you know, he had 20 that's... points against the Titans. And then he had point six against the Ravens. Not something I want to be involved in personally. I just don't get it. I don't get the whatever. I don't know what everybody sees in him in Deontay Johnson. They see a talented young receiver that cannot finish games. And they had this thought that he could be the next Antonio Brown. That's what they say. Okay. I'm like, that doesn't sound like a talented receiver that can't finish games. Like that doesn't sound enticing to me. Nope. It doesn't sound enticing to me either. That's why I won't be drafting him anywhere. All right, uh, moving on to tight ends. Just say Logan Thomas and get it over with. Adam, I'm going to disappoint you. Okay. I'm not saying Logan Thomas. Really? Nope. You forgot about one other guy that I've been slandering for the better part of the last two months. Kyle Pitts? Kyle Pitts. Yep. Kyle Pitts. That's my bust. He, I'm sorry. You're drafting him as the tight end four right now? No. No, 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 no. I want to just present a couple of, uh, a couple of numbers here. So, Arthur Spitz offense, right? The guy that we... Just saw John O. Smith be responsible, you know, got paid by the Patriots because it was in Arthur Smith's offense, right? Mm-hmm. John O. Smith saw only, only 65 targets last year in Arthur Smith's offense. Granted, there were a lot of other moving parts in that offense. Got it. Kyle Pitts presumably is the number two option in the Atlanta offense, but we're we're going to assume it's going to be a run first offense given Arthur Smith and what he's done with Derrick Henry. I'm not saying that Atlanta has a Derrick Henry, but you know they're 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 going to want to run the ball, and that's I think it's a very um, presumable assumption that they're going to run the ball. I'm sorry, but 65 targets that are that are there is not good enough to be a tight end four, let alone a tight end five or a tight end six or a tight end seven. It's not good enough. It just simply is not good enough. That's number one. Number two. I'm going to ask you a question, Adam. Yeah. Since 1998. How many tight ends do you think have topped 627 yards, receiving yards, in their rookie season? How many do you think? Hmm. Since 1998. That's a good question. Because I can't think of a lot. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Because most tight ends don't really do anything in their rookie season. How many think you've done it? How many? 
since I'm 1998. Gonna say two. You're correct. It is two. Are you kidding? Can you I name just guessed two. No, I cannot name them. I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. One played in two. One had his rookie year in 2002. The other had his rookie year in 2017. Both had those seasons playing for the same franchise. Okay. That wasn't. No, that wasn't Hawkinson. Hawkinson was 18. Hawkinson was 18. Yes, it's not Hawkinson. Oh, boy. Oh, it was. Okay. No. Fuck. Hmm. Was it Kittle? Not Kittle. Okay. Same franchise. Same franchise. Is this going to be like I'm going to hit myself in the face after realizing going who, to. The, who these going are? To. I'll give you. I'll give you another hint. I'll okay. give you another hint for the for the identities. One of them, we talk about all the time, because their fans loathe him. The other won a Super Bowl. Like Chris the other won a Super Bowl in a different location with a good friend of yours. Okay. Won a Super Bowl in a different location with a good friend of mine. Yes. Hmm. Was it Tony Gonzalez? Nope. God, this is really, really hard. It is. You're going to hit yourself. I probably will. You're going to hit yourself. Do you want to know the answer? Hold on. Yes. Give me one more hint. Go. Okay. What division? NFC East. NFC East. Ooh. Okay. 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 All right. Jeremy Shockey. Yep. And, And Evan Ingram. Correct. There you go. Those are the two. I would Jeremy. not – yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. Evan Ingram in his rookie year had 722 receiving yards and six receiving touchdowns. Jeremy Shockey had 894 receiving yards and two touchdowns. Shockey had 74 receptions on 127 targets. Evan Ingram had 64 receptions on 115 targets. So if you think Kyle Pitts is going to be in that realm, then by all means draft them. I don't. Hence why I'm not going anywhere near. Only two. Only two. It's a good Only one. Only two. Here's something. Uh, before we get got into the whole trivia thing. Receiving yards and just receiving stats for John U. Smith. He's gonna he's my bust. Him and Hunter Henry. I think you could put them, you know, if you can interlock or, them in the same bust yeah. web. Probably John Smith more than Hunter Henry. Because, I mean, you look at his numbers John for John. At least Hunter Henry has, you know, you know he has the injury problems. That's a whole different, you know, can of worms with Hunter Henry. But John Smith, he had 448 yards receiving. Eight touchdowns. Nine, if you want to count the one rushing touchdown that he got randomly. But, I mean... 
you want to talk about unsustainable production. That's what these, that's what bus really are. You know, people who had unsustainable production from last year, people are going to draft them high based on that. And honestly, even if John Smith didn't sign himself up for a tight end, a one, a one B situation in new England, I probably still would say he was, he would be a bus. If he was by himself, he would be a bus next year because that touchdown number is ridiculous. You would think it would have to come down. Yeah. Uh, do you have another tight end bus? Do you want me to give mine? Um, no, you can give yours. Uh, very simple. Mike Kosicki. Um, I just think with Will Fuller, Jalen Waddle, the return of Devontae Parker there as well. I just don't see the target upside for Kosicki. I don't think he improves on the numbers that he had last year where he was a 53 catch guy and 85 targets. Granted, that was with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick is now gone. It's going to be two a season. And I, I just don't see Gasicki being, I, I just don't see his upside being a 60 catch tight end. I just don't. I think 50 catches is probably where he's at. Four or five touchdowns. I think he's going to kind of be the same guy as he was. He's going to be frustrating to start. He's going to be a streams tight end. I, and everyone, you know, calls for, you know, Mike Gasicki being great. Mike Gasicki is going to have this breakout season. I've been hearing about this Mike Gasicki breakout that everybody's been saying has been coming for the last two years. No, it, 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 no, it's done. It's done. Stop it. Kasicki, no, bust. Okay, then. Um, I think one, for me, you're not going to like this. You, you really probably won't like this. Okay. But I'm going to say it anyway. Blake Jarwin. I don't think that's too outlandish. Dalton okay. Schultz was very good. You know, Blake Jarwin, not only is he coming back from an ACL tear, but also Dalton Schultz has really proved himself last year. Yes, he has. He really did. It's an open competition for the tight end one spot in Dallas. Would you be Jarwin shocked? And Schultz. Would you be shocked if Blake Jarwin's the backup tight end nope. for the Dallas Cowboys? Nuh-uh. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Okay. I don't think it's an outlandish take at all for you, for you to say that. Uh, honestly, I don't. I never know with you. No, I mean it's it's realistic. Yeah, I usually call I usually call it as it is. Yes, you do. But and I think that's a very reasonable take. That there is a very realistic possibility that Blake Jarwin is not the number one tight end for the Dallas Cowboys, and that it is Dalton Schultz. The crazy thing is that on Fantasy Pros, they're ranked so so separate. They're they're so far away from each other. Blake Jarwin is at nineteen in PPR and Dalton Schultz is all the way down here at 36. That's fascinating. It's fascinating. Cause I have, I have Jarwin at 24. I have Schultz at 25. They need to be back to back like Henry and Smith. Yep. That's why I have them. I have them back to back. Cause I honestly, for me, either one of them can take that job. For me, I expect it to be Jarwin to start because they have a longer commitment to Jarwin, they gave him that long contract extension, so they want it to be Jarwin. But would it surprise me if it does turn out to be Schultz? No, wouldn't surprise me one bit. Yeah, I agree. Well, I said it, so you did. You did say that. 
Hey, you want to do a defense and kicker bust? Sure. I think that, hold on. I think the Houston Texans defense is going to be a bust. Oh, I was thinking like IDP. Oh, for God's sake. I think Jabril Peppers is going to be a bust. Like Jalen Smith is going to be a bust in IDP. I'll tell you what, Marcus May, number one ranked safety. Love to see it. And for kickers, I, I agree. For kickers, I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going to go with Randy Bullock. Randy Bullock? Yes. Who does he kick for? Cincinnati. Oh. No, he kicks for Detroit. Oh, he's not in Cincinnati anymore? News to me. See, I don't care about kickers. You know, kickers are people too. I think legitimately, I think Jason Sanders is going to be a bust. Oh, probably. That's not a bad one. Because that's not because his point production was off the unsustainable. Charts. Unsustainable. It's off the charts. But that's the thing. That's the thing you need to. I, 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 I can't believe we're talking about kickers right now. Hey, you, you started this. I, I did. I did. I'm going to finish it. The thing that you need to talk, that you need to strategize with kickers is you need to look at offenses that are not good at scoring touchdowns. That's the strategy with kickers. That's why Jason Sanders is very good. That's why Young Wei Koo is really good. That's why um, at one point Mike Badgley was very good because you had offenses that struggled to score touchdowns. So they would give you, they would give you those 20, 30 yard chip shots and those are how they would get your points. So there you go. There's your strategy for kickers, for drafting kickers. If, if anybody needed that little pick-me-up today, there it is. That's how you draft kickers, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Well, there you go. But, yeah, I, yeah, Jason Sanders, no way. I mean, also, I, I don't know about Legatron either because the Cowboys' offense has to be better with Dak. It's going to be. It's going to be. And honestly, Greg Zerline wasn't himself last year. No, no, he wasn't. But we've also known Greg Zerline to be a very hit or miss kind of kicker, though. Yeah, but kickers don't exactly have as much leeway with that sort of thing. Hey, worst case scenario, there is a kicker out there who is looking for a job who is a fantastic kicker. You want to know what his name is? I'm pretty sure Dan, Dan Bailey is retired. It is Dan Bailey. He's looking for a job right now. Bring back Dan Bailey. Bend it like Bailey. Great team. They don't even have good. They don't. Even, they barely even have stats for for Greg Zerline. Like it's, you have to look in his game log. Bring back Dan Bailey. Great guy. Great guy. Anyway. Thank you for listening to this episode of the base, the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You know, what? actually, before I sign off here, Bird, what are we talking about next week? Uh, so next week, what we are going to be doing is we are going to do one show next week where we are talking about sleepers. We're going to do our sleeper show next week. Firmly lock that in, and then the other episode next week is going to be the show that all the newbies have wanted us to do, where we are going to be talking about ideal fantasy startup leagues and your settings 
what they should be, the do's and don'ts. If you're just starting fantasy for the first time and this is your first year of fantasy, uh, we'll be just kind of coaching you through and telling you, well, you know, what you should be and what you shouldn't be doing. So uh, that'll be a, uh, a very, very fun show. And Adam, I, ex- I am extending the, invita- the invitation to you. Uh, next week, what, you could, what we could do if you want is, would you like to come on the Basin Talk podcast next week? Sure. Because we do have to talk about some hockey. Very exciting. Love it. This guy was so upset that he was going to be coming on the Basement Talk podcast next week. And then I, then I said hockey and his whole face just lit up. I Listen, I love talking about hockey. I'm like, oh, as too. long as we don't talk about more football, I'm totally fine. No, we're, we're, we're going to be doing our free agency prediction show. Oh, that's going to be great. Yeah, hell yeah. So so Adam will be on the Basement Talk podcast next week. And then uh, we'll be doing uh, the newbie show for everybody. And then we'll be doing sleeper show. So it'll be, it'll be sleeper show. It'll be the free agency show for NHL, and then it'll be the startup show. Well, so. shouldn't we talk about the expansion draft first before free agency? That's going to be all in one show. Oh, it's going to be a long one. It's going to be all in one show. Well, that should be exciting. Yes. So that is, that is the, uh, the plan for next week. And then I believe the week after that, I'm going to want to do a mock draft at some point. And then we are going to do a mailbag. Okay. Because we do have a lot of a lot of mailbag questions around drafts and things like that. So we won't have too many funny questions on that mailbag, but you know, oh, drafts. Well, what are you gonna do? I'll I'll find some. I'll put it in there. They can all they can all be uh, funny questions. Hey, we're almost we're almost getting to that point. I mean, think about it. Two weeks two weeks will be July twenty third. And then we'll, we'll be, be closing in on August. And then when we get to August, you know, we'll be full sending it with, you know, draft coverage. Yep. And before you know it, Adam, it'll be preview and review show time. Yay. Whoopee. But hey, it'll be, yeah, it'll also be um, the co-own, uh, co-own team time too, which that'll be a very fun series to do. I'm very, I'm really looking forward to it. Me too. Really, really I, looking forward to it. Yeah. I think it's going to be fun. You know, it's yes. a thing I've never done before. So Neither have I. Makes it very exciting. Neither have I. I've never owned a team. So, Adam, I am losing my uh, co-ownership opportunity to you. You just said you never owned a team. I've never co-owned a team before. No, you've never co-owned a team. I've never co-owned a team. I'm losing my co-ownership virginity to you. That's – don't say that ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Never, ever, 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 ever say that again. Why? Just say I'm doing this for the first time. Absolutely not. Please, it's boring. I'm a man of the people. (sighs) I'm a man of the people. Okay. Do you have something to say? I do, actually. Are we going to kill each other before we even draft this team? Oh, God, immediate regret. I could trade you. Did we sign a Did we sign a uh, prenup? No, we did not. Oh, fuck. <laughs> we did not. Fuck, we're screwed. Yeah. Anyway, I do want to say thank you for listening to this episode of the Basin Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. 
You can find all episodes of not only the fantasy show, but everything under the Basin Talk podcast umbrella, wherever you get your podcasts. For my co-host at Birdstall, I am Adam Castor, and we will talk to you next time on the Basin Talk podcast fantasy show. Bye-bye.